Good evening, everybody. Hallelujah. Welcome to another Thursday's evening message with Cynthia Green. You don't want to miss tonight's message. Last week, we talked about um, how simple salvation um, was in order to obtain. And tonight, um, she is going to cover what comes next after salvation. So you do not want to miss tonight's message. Stay tuned. Good evening, everybody. Hallelujah. Welcome to Thursday's Evening Message. I'm Cynthia Green, and I'm so glad that you uh, made a decision and a choice to join us this evening. So we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that all is well with you and your household. Hallelujah. We declare it to be so. Amen. Hallelujah. So I am excited about what God has given me um, to share with you all this evening. So before we dive in, let's go ahead and just say a quick word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another opportunity to speak with these thy people. We thank you, Father God, for your blessings. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, your grace. Hallelujah. To you be the glory, Father. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We ask that you will speak through my vocal cords this evening and that you would think through my mind. None of me and all of you, I submit to your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, everybody. Hallelujah. God is so good. Praise the Lord. We are still here. We still are given another opportunity to be the light of the world. And all glory and honor belongs to our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. So last week, we talked on the the simplicity of salvation, um, as described in Romans, the 10th chapter, and the first 13 verses is what we discussed last week. Confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, scripture says, thou shalt be Amen. Hallelujah. So, you're saved. You've been born again. You've experienced that new birth of Jesus Christ living now on the inside of you uh, in the presence uh, of of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So, what comes next? What comes after 
your rebirth. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. It's time to grow. When a new baby is born, um, it starts to grow immediately. As long as that baby is receiving the pop proper nutrients, you will begin to see it physically change. You'll begin to see that it goes from that little wrinkled infant into um, more of a, uh, a baby or grows into a toddler. You'll start to see the changes really in, in a few short weeks. I'll give you an example. When my little... When my firstborn, John, was, was born, he had, he had a funny grayish color. Um, it, it was weird. It liter he literally was gray, kind of grayish, very wrinkly all over. Um, you really couldn't tell at that time who he looked like. But in the matter of even a few days in a week, his color started turning to where it would be. Uh, it was more clear that he, you know, it, that grayish coloring disappeared. And um, that beautiful chocolate color began to emerge. Hallelujah. Um, even some of his wrinkles began to smooth out because he was receiving more nutrients. And so he was fattening up which, which uh, erased many of the wrinkles when he was first born. He literally, in, a, in, the, in the days and few weeks, changed his appearance where he started to look more like what he was going to, what he was going to look like. Um, he started developing more. You could, see, uh, the, um, you could see that he was beginning to look like his dad, and you can even see some of my features in him. He was changing. He was growing. Amen? That's what happens after our salvation. That's what should happen after our salvation is that we should immediately now start growing. We should start focusing on maturing and developing into uh, starting to look more like our Savior. Amen? Now, that doesn't always happen, though. Don't always grow or mature as quickly as we should. And there's a number of reasons behind that. But one of the primary stunts in our growth sometimes is um, the teachings that we receive or um, our, our thought patterns of, of, or our understanding of why we are even saved in the first place. Um, when you don't understand the purpose of a thing, it often gets misused. Okay, so just to give you an example, I'm going to share a brief testimony with you. I, I, many of you know, I talked about this before. I accepted Jesus Christ into my life at the age of 15 years old. Um, I was in the private, I was in my own bedroom, on my knees, 
um, when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. And right be and before then, which led to my salvation, I was in a Bible study class that I had been invited to by a friend. <clears throat> and for the first time that I could remember anyway, or that maybe that it really plucked my understanding or questioning was that Jesus Christ was one day coming back. And that if you wanted to be able to go with him to be with him in heaven, that you had to accept him as Lord and be born again. Otherwise, your destiny was going to be with the enemy and, and you end up in hell. So I went home that night. I thought on that. I had asked the instructor some questions and I decided that I wanted to be born again. I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to be in heaven with Jesus when I died. So I invited Jesus Christ into my life. I remember when I first, after saying that simple prayer and really believing, I believed that I was saved and that I was on my way to heaven. If something should, you know, if death came my way, I believed that I was going to heaven. I also felt a sense of relief and, and a peace that I really at that time didn't understand. Maybe it was the relief in knowing, wow, you know, I'm saved. I was told by some well-meaning friends and Christian leaders from my, from my church that the next step, after I had acknowledged to many of them that I had accepted Christ that, that night before, that I was to become involved in church activities so that I could go stronger in the Lord. So that's what I did. I went to Sunday school. I went to uh, Sunday morning worship, afternoon worship, evening worship. Back in those days, boy, we stayed in church all day long on Sundays. I went to Wednesday night Bible study. Um, I went to the youth fellowship Bible studies. Um, I came in, became involved in all the youth fellowship activities. I joined the choir, became the director of the choir. Um, wow. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly became immersed in my new church, in my church family, and in my new uh, saved life as a Christian with all the activities in church. Uh, we went to uh, uh, congresses in the district. Uh, so you get the picture. I met awesome friends, that, which many, I mean, I'm 62, this, I'm 15 years old. So many of them who we're still friends to this day. Becoming a part of this church family at such a young age, it kept me from being involved with the wrong crowd during that age. You know, I was living in um, um, the housing project called Water Homes in Peoria at the time. And so my circle of friends were other Christ-believing, church-going Christians. We, at that time, we didn't, go to, we didn't go to secular parties or clubs. Um, I didn't drink alcoholic drinks, anything like that. Uh, that was a no-no for church-going people. Instead, we went to Baptist congresses and we socialized with other local churches, um, uh, with other young Christian um, 
people from those churches. Now, none of that is bad. Nothing wrong with any of that, nothing. In fact, like I said before, um, much of it was good because it kept me out of trouble. It kept me from indulging in other, uh, in, in some activities that some of my school friends were active in. So it gave me uh, a foundation of my Christian lifestyle, gave me the foundation, much like what the law did for the children of Israel. Amen. This way of life was a foundation for my Christian way of life. I built wonderful and long lasting relationships with other Christians. But what I didn't know is that I was not building a much needed close relationship with God. I didn't know that the purpose of salvation was to make things right between God and me because I didn't even understand that things weren't right before being a Christian. I didn't even understand that whole concept of our natural state and that we had a need to be made right with God. I had no understanding of that at that time. And that I needed to build that relationship so that I could fulfill his will and purpose for my life. I thought that the purpose of salvation, get this, was to keep me from going to hell. And as long as I continue to behave as a Christian, then when I died, I was going to heaven. You can see how wrong understanding or wrong teachings can lead you down a path that is wrong. Amen. Although I became during that time well read in the Bible, because, you know, I went through all these Bible studies um, at church and, and, and um, at, at um, the, with the youth fellowship, even though I did become well read in the Bible, it was more contextual than applicable. It was more about the events of what we were reading and at the time, the timing of the reading and, and what was going on during that time, rather than how do I apply? What does that mean for me today? How do I apply that to my life? Maltrition is a lack of, in, is a lack of proper nutrition. It's caused by not having enough to eat, not eating enough of the right thing, or being unable to use the food that one does eat. And that's what I was going through spiritually. I was malnutritioned. Unintentional wrong teachings produces wrong thinking, produces wrong habits, will, will, will result in, in um, will lead to wrong results and immaturity. Here's the thing, all my works, my church activities, attending Bible studies, singing in the choir, none of that transformed me 
or the inside. I thought my, I still thought that my way of doing things, I didn't understand it from a religious point of view. I still thought that I was able to make good choices and that because I was saved, I thought that the choices that I made based on my religious views of what Christianity was, I just thought that things would automatically work out for my good simply because I was a Christian. And I never really, believe it or not, understood that when you pray, you pray for guidance on making right choices. I would pray as a Christian back then, <clears throat> but I would pray when, when trouble comes or when something difficult, I face something difficult, um, you know, and I would thank God for a new day when I woke up. But I never thought to include him in my everyday choices of life. I was immature. I didn't know. So here's what it led to. I remained immature. In fact, I did not grow spiritually at all during the first 20 years of my salvation. I accepted Jesus in 1974. And it wasn't really, I would say, until toward the end of 1994 that I started to really understand what this Christianity and salvation was really all about or how to apply it to my everyday life. During those 20 years while saved, I went through some stuff and we ain't got time to talk about all that today. Some of my past messages, I think when we were talking, I talked a little bit on pride. Um, if you want to go back, I described some of the things, some of my bad choices, some of the things that I went through, but I went through a lot of stuff not pleasant. And most of them, in fact, all of them was a result of me doing things my way, making my own choices without even involving Jesus at all. You following me? So <clears throat> I shared all that with you because what's next after salvation is not going out and just getting involved with church activities, as so many of us do. What's next is it's time to grow and to mature spiritually, just like those, just like babies. They start to grow immediately. And in, in order to grow, you must make sure that the Food, the spiritual food that you're receiving, your teachings, your understanding of the word of God that you are getting um, fed uh, good meat. Amen. James, the biological half-brother of Jesus, once he moved from unbelief to belief that Jesus was the Christ, he matured very quickly. So if you are a new Christian, and even if you are a long-time Christian, just like I was, but you're still immature, 
It's time to grow up. Amen? Immature Christians cannot fulfill their God-given purpose on earth. You can't. Immaturity means you are still doing things your way instead of being humble and submitting to God's way of doing things in every area of your life. The letter of James in the Bible is a book that will help new and immature Christians know what it looks like to live out their faith and what maturity looks like. So I recommend that you read the book of James um, over and over. I've read it multiple times. I still read it. Um, it, it's, it. It includes a practical how to live instructions and it admonishes us to live the word, do what thus says the word of God. Amen. <clears throat> now the first step to maturity is to become humble. James 4, 6 tells us that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Why is that? And who is the proud? Well, Romans 12 in the third, 12th chapter and the third verse tells us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Here's, here's how it reads from the NLT version. It says, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Now, the message version says this, the only accurate way to under, uh, understand ourselves is by what God is, by who God is, and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Amen. It's not about us. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus and what he did on Calvary and what that means for you and I. Hallelujah. Tells us to be honest with yourself in understanding that without the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit, you will remain lost. Even as a Christian, you, if you don't mature, if you don't grow, you remain lost, you'll make poor choices, you'll make poor decisions, and you will remain an immature Christian. Mature Christians live knowing that it's not about you and I. I want you to get that. It's not about you and I. It's not about uh, the activities, uh, Christian activities that we're involved in. It's not about your works of what you're involved in. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus did and what that means for you and I. It, what he did, and we've talked about this, we talk about this all the time uh, on this page and on this channel. What Jesus Christ did on Calvary made, and when you accept and believe 
that he's the Christ and what he did, it makes things right between us and God. It takes away our sins so that now God can have a relationship with us. Hallelujah. It puts us in a right mindset now as we mature that him living on the inside of us doesn't remain dormant. That spirit matures us as we submit to his will. We were humble enough to submit to his will for our life. James, the first chapter and the first verse, James writes that he is a slave and servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, James was the half, the biological half-brother of Jesus Christ, the son of Mary and Joseph. Okay? Now, I thought about this. I said, if this was some of us writing that book, <clears throat> of course, he wrote this under the action of the Holy Spirit, but just thinking in everyday terms, you know, we might have been tempted to write, I, James, the half-brother, the half-biological brother of Jesus Christ. You know, taunting, dropping names. Going to drop that. We, we want people to know who we are. We're related to him biologically. But James was humble enough. He said, I, James, a servant and a slave of Jesus Christ. A mature Christian understands that the spiritual is higher than physical. That blood is not thicker than water in the spiritual realm. Humbleness. James, the fourth chapter of the 10th verse, and this is from the NLT that I'm reading. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. The message version reads, quit playing the field, hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master because it's the only way you get on your feet. Hallelujah. Meaning become humble before God letting him know that his way is better than my way, recognizing that. And, and look, sometimes, you know, and the reason that I, I preach this is because, you know, it's just like when you have uh, your, your own children, you try to raise your children in such a way so that they don't have to go through some of the things that you went through. Amen. You want to, you want to try to spare them some of the heartache. Well, that's what I'm doing here. You know, I want to spare you some of the years of trouble as a result of your own way of doing things, of heartaches. It took me getting to my bottom. It took me to getting to going through so much, not even understanding at that time what the heck, why I was, why it seemed like every choice I made just didn't come out right. Took me getting to a bottom. I'll never forget the day where I fell prostrate. And I said, Lord, I was crying. I said, 
what is going on? And I remember saying, I'm not moving from this spot till you tell me what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I need you. And I, I remember hearing that small voice on the inside of me say, you're finally where I've always wanted you to be. You know what he was saying? You're finally humbling and realizing that you cannot do it. You can't change your life. You, without me, can't live a successful, happy life. And by you now asking me, you're finally where I've always wanted you to be. Wow. Just that moment was the beginning of me, my transformation, my, my growth, my maturity is recognizing I've been doing things my own way. And as a result, my life is jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. And I started to mature. Proverbs, the 16th chapter and the 18th verse says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. The message version says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. So pride, pride is self-confidence. Now I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say something because this is totally against what the world teaches us. But pride is self-confidence. It's self-reliance. Selfishness. Living life your way from your own understanding. And living this way will bring destruction. Humble or humility is trusting and having confidence in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's God reliance. It's living life being led by the Holy Spirit and God's way of doing things. Living this way will bring spiritual maturity and wisdom. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in closing tonight, yeah, we're quick because we're going to continue deeper along this path next week. But in closing tonight, the next step after salvation is to grow spiritually, is to mature. A mature Christian not only confesses and believes in his heart that Jesus is Lord, a mature Christian becomes a slave and a servant of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to become a servant? Well, it means giving up your right to do your own thing. Um, crucifying your own self-desires. So my question tonight for you all is this, questions. 
Are you willing to become a sold out child of God in order to grow into the man or woman of God that he has called you to be? The man or woman that God purposed you to be. Will you take up his cross and follow him his way? Will you lay aside your own dreams and desires and take up God's way of living? I lay these questions at your doorstep. Now, everyone who responds yes, you're going to find a higher calling, a life of purpose, blessing, and fulfillment. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. But if you're still skirting over and brushing over this, those questions, what that means is that you still have some of the same old selfish lower nature that will escort you throughout your life unless you decide to change. Lord God, I thank you tonight for this brief word. I pray in Jesus' name that the listeners understand that in order to grow in their newfound Christianity, or even in their, if they're seasoned Christians, in order to grow, they must humble themselves before you and stop doing things their way and adopt your way of doing things, Lord. They must humble themselves enough to recognize that they can do nothing without you and therefore seek you, seek your way in every area of their life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're not saved, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ and would like to become born again, repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus. I am a sinner because of my unbelief. But now I believe and have faith that you are my Lord and that you are my Savior. Come into my life. Live on the inside of me. Your way, not my way. Thy will, not my will. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You are born again. You are saved. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the family of God. It's that simple. Now you're on the road. You must begin the road of maturity. Hallelujah. So that you will become what Jesus Christ wants you to be. Why you're even here on this earth. What purpose? did he have for putting you here? It's time to grow into your God-given purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. So next week, we're going to continue along the path of becoming a mature Christian so that you will know how to, to live out your God-given purpose as a mature Christian, what that looks like. Amen. I hope this short message tonight has been a blessing to you. I hope it's given you some new understanding. Um, 
turn on some light bulbs maybe that weren't lit before praise the lord i love you guys so much you know i i thank god for the opportunity um i thank god for giving me um the opportunity uh, and the purpose um to teach his word um that's my god-given purpose it took me years to grow into that i'm 62 years old and i just accepted my calling in 2018 um but praise the lord it's never too late as long as you're here he's still giving you an opportunity to walk in your purpose in your god-given purpose amen and that's what we want to see happen here on the good news of jesus christ walking and living in your god-given purpose why so that we can continue to be the light of the world and trust me you guys know there's so much darkness in the world it needs the light of jesus christ and you and i are his vessels in order to uh to to allow his light to shine through each and every one of us amen thank you again for joining me this evening i love you guys i will see you on next week praise the lord have a good evening god bless you